Okay, this is Fairfax. That worked well, hold on. Just a second. Okay, apparently now we're on and ready to go. So this is Fairfax, a nostalgic podcast and video about growing up in LA in the 1960s. It's part of the TJBS podcast network and it's available wherever podcasts are obtained, several places where they're not. But beginning with this episode of Fairfax, uh, which you know if you're catching us on YouTube, it's also now a video. If you're hearing this as an audio podcast and want to see how semi-gorgeous your narrator is, <laughs> you can do that by going to YouTube and looking for the channel called TJBS Radio. That's T as in Tom, J as in John, and BS as in BS. That's TJBSRadio.com. And uh, in addition to listening to this series or watching this series, you can also watch Speaking of Everything with Jeff Bushman. And by the way, that's me, along with our uh, other podcast there, including our newest called Be Healthy, Lose Weight, which is also a video and also a podcast. I'm hoping you're getting all this because I'm not sure I am. But on YouTube, it's TJBS Radio. Um, and uh, for the audio podcast, if you're seeing the video and you want to hear our past audio podcasts that are not on video, that is uh, also TJBS Radio, but at the dot com. Okay, now back to the program, but I'll later tell you a way to solve some mysteries at another website. By the way, uh, you will see my eyes going down because I'm looking at a sheet a lot like a lot of newscasters. Instead of using a teleprompter, I'm using a uh, series of printed pages that I wrote. And so from time to time, I'm going to look down and look to see what I wrote so I can go ahead and say it. All right, uh, yesterday and today, as this is being written, I heard a semi-famous political person who's never been an office holder, and most of you would never have heard of him, talk about how he still sees himself as a jackass, and specifically as the jackass he was in high school. It uh, kind of resurfaced my realization that I sometimes still think of myself as I was in elementary school and junior high school. In varying parts of the country today, those are referred to as grammar school and middle school, but I digress. 
in those days, and again, I still see myself that way sometimes, I was kind of a nerd before that was a word or even a concept. I was pretty good in school and was known for having a sense of humor for some reason. I had friends and we did stuff together, but one of the things I did very little of was sports. And that had an easy explanation. I was short, I was fat, I wore glasses. I was good in math and history and English, but terrible at geography, which I still am. But that's why I was kind of a nerd. I never really participated much in sports. In fact, I never climbed a fence or a tree until I was 20, but that's another story. In any event, I experienced something at age 11, which I don't think most of my friends at that time of that age experienced. There was a party from our class. At that age, I'm assuming I was in sixth grade. Someone held a party and said that we should bring a date. <laughs> that this seems ridiculous now is obvious. That a girl should say yes to me when I asked her out at that point in my life seems frankly even crazier. Now, I don't remember what my friends did about their dates, but I asked Barbara if she would be my date at the party. And oddly, she said yes. In those days, girls develop later than they do now. What happens to young girls now very often is called precocious puberty. And only a few doctors are wise enough to attribute it to a different nutritional pattern than we had when I was a kid. But in those days, while boys and girls may have found each other cute, or maybe used another word for attractive, it wasn't because of their developed bodies. But I remember Barbara as being thought of as cute by my friends and by me. She had long brown hair that was in a very long braid that some of the guys used to pull. I never did. That may be the only reason that I appealed to her in any fashion. I wasn't a complete schmuck. So we went to the party and I remember a scene from there where I was looking at her standing in some kind of line for some game. We talked to each other a little and I'm sure I made her laugh and that's where the memory ends. I don't think anything further like going somewhere together again ever occurred. I remember she had an older brother and that her father had a business in town, like a tire place or a gas station, but I'm not absolutely positive of that. I do recall that she moved away at some point, and I assume it wasn't because of me, or maybe she went to the same junior high at which I started and then changed, but I'm not really sure. Now that's not quite the end of the story. Several years after that, around the time I was a teenager, I was back in the same area of LA visiting from the far distant land of the San Fernando Valley, which in case I didn't make it obvious, wasn't far away at all, but seemed so in those days, in part because uh, a phone call from the valley to the main part of Los Angeles cost extra money. It was called a toll call. Anyway, I saw Barbara walking on the street somewhere and her hair was no longer in a braid, but was stylishly for those days cut. And I waved to her with a bit of doubt. Now the doubt was because I wasn't absolutely sure if it was her and I was uncertain she would recognize me. And if she did, if she'd think I was worth waving back to. Nothing negative had ever happened as far as I know, but there was never any big deal relationship either. And I didn't really know her and she didn't know me. Uh, she didn't return the wave, so my uncertainties were valid and partly because she had a common name, a common last name, I've never looked her up. But you know what? I had a date at age 11. I was so mature. You may recall, I said I would tell you about a website where you could solve a mystery. It's called findlostfriends.com, and it's a way you can get some information on an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend, a family member you haven't seen in forever, or as the name implies, 
a friend that you've just lost contact with. Again, it's findlostfriends.com. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. Around that same time, but a bit later, I was really attracted to someone else. Now, since we're talking about the schools, in those days, they didn't have everything set up as they mostly do now, with everything being annual. Graduations from high school, for example, in most places only happen once a year now. When I graduated from high school, every semester had a graduating class. It was either winter of such and such a year or summer of such and such a year. Mine was after the winter semester and the kids ahead of or behind me by a semester had their graduation, as I said, after the summer semester. Now, when we left Chicago in 1960, I had finished the third grade, major accomplishment, right? When we moved to LA, I started fourth grade in September, which was normal then. I understand most schools start now in August. That has to do with saving money on air conditioning for the end of the summer semester in June. When it gets hotter, they now end in May for the most part. Now, had I stayed in Chicago, I'd have entered 4B. In LA, it was B4. They just changed the letter and the number. They just had different systems, nothing specifically important about that. The following semester would be A4 and so on. But when I was in B5, I had a best friend and rival named Steve. He was a rival for two reasons. First, he had come from New York as I had come from Chicago and he was very bright. In fact, I later found out he had become a physician. So he and I often competed for attention intellectually. In part, that's because we were both fairly bright kids. But the other reason is that the school systems we came from were far ahead of that run at that time by the LA city schools. Now, I will tell you that I now live in Arizona and the school systems here, uh, based on the people they graduate, I have to assume are terrible. Uh, when you go into a store, just one example, this sounds like an old curmudgeon complaint, but the young people who work there have trouble figuring out change. Uh, but I digress. Anyway, more germane to this story is that Steve and I were both attracted to the same girl. Her name was Susan. In looking back at this part of my childhood, I fully recognize that what I'm about to say paints me as kind of idiotic, but here it goes. About a third of the way through B5 semester, it was pretty obvious that Steve was going to be skipped or double promoted at the end of the semester and would go from B5 to B6, skipping the second half of fifth grade. Since Susan was a semester of both of us, I've always been attracted to older women, and that would give Steve an advantage, I thought. So I actually did something I didn't want to do. I actually made an effort in school. I studied for tests, I prepared for what we were going to do in math, and I seriously competed, and my grades equaled Steve's. As you've guessed, we were given IQ tests and the whole thing, and we both skipped the following semester. But that's only part of the story. Neither of us had any real romance or date with Susan. I know I didn't, and I'm pretty sure he didn't either. Remember, we were around 11 years old. Well, actually, let's see. Yeah, about 11 years old. Sometime in the sixth grade, I was invited to a get-together in the backyard of the apartment building occupied by my friend Abe and some other friends of his that I'd met through him. One of the people who was there was Susan. And someone brought out an empty Coke bottle. In those days, as some of you will remember, they were made of glass. Okay. And by the way, they carried a deposit. You could turn them in and get a few pennies. They announced we were going to play spin the bottle. 
I assume everyone listening to this knows that it's kind of a kids and young teenagers kissing game and won't explain any further because it would be really boring. And if you're still with me, I don't want to lose you quite yet. So we got into a circle and fairly early on, it was Susan's turn to spin the bottle. And by now, you've probably guessed it landed on me. Perhaps you're expecting to tell, expecting to hear from me that she ran into my arms and saying that she'd been hoping and praying for this result and gave me a smooch and started us on the path leading to where we are now with six children and a home in Beverly Hills. She didn't do that. Instead, and I'm not kidding in the slightest, she put her hand in front of her face, gave a little scream, actually it was more of a big scream to be fair, gave a little scream and ran off. I don't remember what I did at that point, but I do remember feeling humiliated. At the risk of stating the obvious, it no longer matters. And for a long time, whenever I thought of this incident, including now, it's more amusing than anything else. Now, did it matter during any other part of my life? Not consciously, but who knows how our life turns based on our experiences and how life might have been different if my barely existing child's self-confidence would have been bolstered rather than diminished that day in the early 1960s. I don't think it was a big deal. And as I said, I'm amused in looking back. My self-confidence isn't affected by it now. And, but after all said and done, I do remember it. You know, you'd be doing me a great favor if you went to amazon.com and looked up our latest book called You've Been Served. It's about process serving. And of course, I think it's pretty good, but what would I know? Uh, you can also find my other books, including the Mobile Mill, if I could say it, I might be able to sell it. Uh, one of my other books is The Mobile Millionaire and a novel called Bobby's Been Shot. But uh, you've been served as the latest and uh, I, you might find it amusing and somewhat interesting. Join us next time if you would and check out our other videos and audio podcasts, YouTube for the TJBS radio channel and tjbsradio.com for our audio podcasts. And at the uh, tjbsradio.com website, you'll also find our other podcasts, a couple of mine, and uh, there's also a program called Fantasy Time, which is operated by my friend Fallon and her friend Paris. So tune in. I won't say turn on and drop out, but tune in, enjoy yourself. But until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please, 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 please be kind to each other. Thanks and good night.